Welcome to the Today in the World podcast, where I connect the dots and try to make sense of the world. It is Tuesday, the 12th of December, 2021. I am your host, Uncle K, and today, problem, reaction, solution. Lies are exposed as Trump supporters don't show up to a protest at Twitter HQ. The Bank of England hints at negative interest rates. Amazon accused of defamation in lawsuit as Parler goes on the offensive. And another alien signal is detected, this time from one of Jupiter's moons. Here's what you missed today in the world. Since the White House was stormed last week, I've been able to get an insight into some of the real issues in the US. But even if you're not in the US right now, or you don't live there, you don't care about it, let me tell you, it's important that we all understand this because the same tactics are being used everywhere that I've noticed from for years, you know. The US is just like a case study right now to see how the enemy moves. So by now, we should all understand problem, reaction, solution. The enemy engineers a problem for you to react to and then provides a solution which is justified because of the reaction, leaving people thinking that all of the madness going on in the world right now is organic and it's not carefully engineered. But as we are going to see in this article, sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes we don't fall for their tricks and we can just see right through the lies and this is where they get exposed and we're able to learn from their foolishness. If you remember, Twitter banned Trump a couple of days ago. Turns out they expected and probably hoped for a huge outcry from Trump supporters at Twitter's HQ. But that didn't happen. And it left the media looking a bit crazy. RT reports. Social media giant Twitter was surrounded by police and reporters, all biting their nails over a projected crowd of Trump supporters, allegedly planning to descend on the building over the president's ban. They never showed up. San Francisco police lined the entire block occupied by Twitter's headquarters on Monday morning, bracing themselves for a predicted onslaught of angry Donald Trump fans, presumably seeking revenge for the deplatforming of the US president the previous week. But at 8 a.m. local time, when the demonstration was set to begin, local news acknowledged there were plenty of cops and media on site and not a MAGA hat to be seen. Indeed, The only demonstrators on site, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, were two leftist protesters who showed up to counter the unruly mobs who swarmed the Capitol in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. The original call to mass outside Twitter HQ reportedly came online from an online forum, the Donald.win, which urged participants to wear body cameras, sunglasses and MAGA hats to conceal their identities. The post had been deleted by the time the rally was supposed to start and other posters on the boards were actually warning Trump supporters to stay away from the Twitter HQ, suggesting it might be a false flag operation. Now, of course, this is part of a wider agenda to continue to make Trump and the extremist right-wing Republicans look like the real problem with America is them, when really the problem with America is power-hungry capitalists that have infiltrated the government and act like they're there to protect us, when they are the ones that actually contribute to all of the madness going on that we see right now. If Trump and his supporters yeah, continue to wreak havoc in the city now, these events will continue to get twisted in the media. Of course, that's what's going to happen. Then guess what? Biden and his administration will get away with 
more autocratic laws which strip away your freedoms because they're doing it to protect you from these crazy Trump anarchists that they themselves are engineering. You know, problem, reaction, solution. So what we are learning here is that we shouldn't ever play into their hands. We need to keep our eye open, our third eye open. You know, not just our two eyes, but we need to be intuitive with what's going on. We need to look past what we see immediately in front of us and try to anticipate what is really the agenda going on. Because when we make our moves, they just need to be calculated and precise. You know, perception control is a real thing. And if we're not careful, we won't realize that our actions are not even our own idea. Rather, they're actually the idea, they come from um, the social engineering that is happening all the time to encourage you to make these crazy decisions that will further help the enemy with their agenda. Parler is in the news again, and they are now on the offensive. They are suing Amazon Web Services, citing breach of contract, defamation, and antitrust violations. RT reports. Accusing Amazon of monopolistic practices to benefit Twitter, breach of contract, and defamation, Parler is asking a federal judge for help after the social media app was taken offline in what its CEO called a coordinated attack. In an 18-page complaint filed Monday in the U.S. District Court in Seattle, Washington, Parler alleges that politically motivated double standards led to Amazon Web Services shutting down its hosting. AWS's decision to effectively terminate Parler's account is apparently motivated by political animus and apparently designed to reduce competition in the microblogging services market to the benefit of Twitter, the lawsuit says. Moreover, the filing adds false claims by AWS have pressured other hosting companies to refuse service to Parler, making it a pariah and unable to function. Parler's contract with AWS requires a 30-day notice, the lawsuit says, alleging breach of said contract. The company is seeking a restraining order and an emergency injunction against AWS, saying that cutting off Parler's access is the equivalent of pulling the plug on a hospital patient on life support and would effectively kill off their business. Here's the thing when it comes to this. Yesterday, I stressed that this move by big tech by, you know, effectively banning uh, Parler, by this coordinated move by Google or Apple and all the rest, you know, de-platforming them, taking them off of the Play Store and the App Store. It is the fuel that we actually need to build our own internet services. If they cut us off, then we actually have no other option than to build our own stuff, you know? And this article kind of represents the other side to that argument, which is that we could go through the legal channels to try and fix the system rather than having this big aggressive revolution. And I can't say I completely disagree with that because at the end of the day, the government and the courts are there to provide a service to us. So we should be using it in a sense. The problem is, is that they haven't done a very good job lately. There isn't much justice to be found there. And just as our governments have been compromised and no longer work in our best interests, I'm not sure that the courts do either. Now, I'm sure there are a few good judges in the system. I'm not saying they're all bad, but they have shown time and time again an inability to serve the people and instead they serve the strong and powerful. This is how these enemies of freedom have sustained this status quo. 
So the notion of being able to fight back by suing Amazon is a long shot, to say the least. I hope that at the same time as suing Amazon, that they are actually focusing on building from the ground up. There's a great opportunity to, uh, opportunity to do that right now. We are in a digital revolution. In my opinion, decentralized social media is the way forward. And, you know, I just say that I just think that it's better to focus on that than to waste time and resources trying to fight these guys in court. Okay, so time for the crypto and financial news. We've got Bitcoin up 10%. It's gained back some of those losses and it's trading just under 35k at the moment. Ethereum is trading at just over $1,100 and is up 13%. XRP is up 10% trading at 30 cents. Litecoin trading at $138 up 14%. Cardano is up 16, sorry, 17% trading at 30 cents. Bitcoin Cash is up 10%, trading at $471. Polkadot trading at $8, up 10%. Stellar is up 30%, trading at $0.28. Cents. Chainlink is trading at $14.57 and is up 11%. Now, looking at the financial news, the UK has been more outspoken recently on their opinions on cryptocurrency. A few days ago, the FCA warned investors about high-risk crypto investments and basically told people to stay away from them. Now, the UK government has finally chimed in and is asking the crypto industry to provide insights on its regulatory approach. The only problem is their entire focus seems to revolve around stablecoins. News.Bitcoin reports. According to the official announcements, the consultation mainly targets stablecoins to gather investments and wholesale uses. The HM Treasury expects to collect insights from the industry and stakeholders in the crypto sphere until March 21st, 2021. They are doing this to, quote, ensure its regulatory framework is equipped to harness the benefits of new technologies, supporting innovation and competition, while mitigating risks to consumers and stability, close quote. And by mitigating risk to consumers, I think what they really mean to say is make sure Bitcoin and decentralized finance doesn't replace their old rusty banking system. Let's be honest, that's what they really mean. But the article continues. The Treasury explains in the document why they put a special focus on stablecoins after the task force launching. Quote, two years on, the landscape is changing rapidly. So-called stablecoins could pave the way for faster, cheaper payments, making it easier for people to pay for things or store their money. There's also increasing evidence that distributed ledger could have significant benefits for capital markets, potentially fundamentally changing the way they operate, close quote. So it looks like their focus is primarily on leveraging the technology that comes with the blockchain and implementing it into our current markets to improve it somehow. Here's the thing, I'm a naturally suspicious person, but reading this, they don't look like they are going to be friendly to any other cryptocurrencies at all. Any crypto asset that is not playing their game the way they want it to be played will probably be labeled as a dangerous investment and opportunities to invest in it will most likely be severely limited. This tells me the UK is definitely going down the wrong path when it comes to regulation. And for me, seriously speaking, 
if us Brits want to leverage the freedoms that Bitcoin can give us, we might have to start thinking about moving elsewhere because the government up to this point is only showing hostility towards any of that kind of um, improvements in our lives. You know, any coin that isn't minted from the Bank of England isn't going to, you know, get along easily in this country. I'll tell you that for sure. You Today is reporting that the Ripple partner SBI Remit is teaming up with major Japanese banks to use nearly 14,000 of its ATMs for instant money transfers between Japan and other countries. They are looking to implement this with what's being called a Remit card. It enables clients to conduct international remittances using just a single plastic card at any time of the day, including weekends and public holidays. The network covers 220 countries around the world and takes only about 10 minutes for a payment to be delivered. Using the service does not require having a bank account as money can be sent or received at a local branch of the company. And to be honest, any business like Western Union or any other money exchanges, they might as well just start packing it in because they're not going to be around much longer with competitors like this running around. Interestingly, SBI, they say that the suit against Ripple will not harm their business in any way, which actually makes some sense because the total investment of SBI in Ripple equals 8.76%. And to be honest, I can't quite put my finger on it because I, I seriously just don't know enough. I don't want to claim that I do know. But I wonder how the CEO of Ripple feels about these moves being made right now, as they could have easily been involved in this kind of stuff if, if it wasn't for the SEC suits, you know. And I'm increasingly getting this feeling like Ripple have just been used and abused, you know. Once everyone figured out the technology, Ripple, they just got abandoned. Faced with a huge SEC suit and now the chairman of the SEC just resigned straight away. You know, it, it looks dodgy. I haven't figured it out yet, but, you know, things don't look normal over there. If you know what I'm talking about, let me know your thoughts on this. There's something There's something else happening. Before I move on now, I have to quickly address this story right here as the implications of what this means would affect a lot of different aspects of the global economy, especially the crypto market, to say the least. But uh, according to Yahoo Finance, Mr. Andrew Bailey, the governor of the Bank of England on Wednesday, refused to rule out taking UK interest rates into negative territory. Bailey said negative interest rates remained in the central bank's box of tools should they be needed. It's in the box of tools, Bailey told MPs. We're not planning it at the moment. We've got no plans to use it imminently, but it's in the box. The governor was asked about the possibility of rates dropping below zero during an appearance before MPs on the Treasury Select Committee. Quote, If it was the right thing to do, then the case for bringing it out of the box would be strong, close quote, Bailey told MPs. So he's already saying that they've got a good reason to do negative interest rates, to, to, to bring them in. You know, he's saying that if we have to, we will have a good reason to do so. You know, so they've got their reasons ready and waiting. And as I've already explained, one of the reasons for the rise in Bitcoin and other crypto tokens is that these negative interest rates are killing large corporations and even retail banks for that matter. As citizens, it already affects us on a big uh, scale, on a, on a very, in a very big way, because the interest we earn on our bank deposits, they're getting increasingly smaller. If these negative interest rates do take hold in this country, then 
our banks aren't going to want us to even have money in there. It's not going to benefit them other than the fact that they can give out loans and that sort of stuff. But it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them to do that. You know, the only thing is with the news of the HSBC restrictions on withdrawing your money with from exchanges and FCA banning crypto derivatives, we might not see the same institutional demand for Bitcoin like we have in America and uh, Europe when it comes to the negative interest rates and the impact that it has. But we have to remember that these guys are hustlers, you know, these investors. And, and once you talk, start talking about negative interest rates, these guys need to quickly start thinking about where to store their money. I mean, they're probably already doing that. So they will find some way to, you know, to, to make that happen. They could turn to gold or silver, which has done pretty decently alongside Bitcoin. But either way, there's going to be a huge domino effect that we need to be prepared for. Futurism reports that NASA has detected a signal coming from one of Jupiter's moons. The Juno space probe made the exciting discovery while in Jupiter's orbit. It detected an FM radio signal coming from Jupiter's largest moon. It's almost certainly a natural signal, the ambassador of NASA said. Patrick Wiggins, one of NASA's ambassadors to Utah, told local Utah news station KTVX, it's not an ET, it's more of a natural function. And that's the bit that was a bit strange or a bit weird to me, you know, because are you saying that ETs are not natural? You know, it's a bit of a strange thing to say. I'm, I'm not sure. In any case, the intriguing blurb remains shrouded in mystery. No other outlet appears to have confirmed Wiggins' remarks, and there doesn't appear to be any scientific paper or press release that corresponds with Wiggins' claims. This is the bit in the article where, as usual, they desperately try to explain away this phenomenon, leaving you to assume that there's no alien life to be found. They say, The signal was likely caused by electrons oscillating at a lower rate than their spin, amplifying radio waves considerably. According to KTVX's reporting, the process, known as Chi-Clotron-Maser instability, also known as CMI, is also behind the auroras on Jupiter that were observed by Juno in 2017. Now, for me, the problem with all this explanation going on to try and cover up any notion that there's aliens, aliens living, you know, on, on distant planets, it's just, it's just one of those things that you just don't believe them anymore. I just, I just can't take you guys seriously, you know, the media, just at large. You know, it, it, you guys just don't tell the truth. So when we get these news stories, we can't hear what you're saying. You know, we can take it, we can take it um, into consideration. But to say that it's going to dictate how we think of the 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 story is, you know, it's not. It's just not the truth. You know, it's very strange that no one else wanted to comment on this phenomenon as well. If you remember, according to that old Israeli general I spoke about in one of my previous episodes. It might be because there's this agreement with these alien beings to keep their presence hidden until we're ready. So, to be honest, we might not find out for a while yet, unless one of these governments, I'm looking at Trump, decides to spill the beans. That's the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, make sure you're following me on social media. My handle should be in the description of this podcast. And yeah, until tomorrow, I'll speak to you later. Peace. <laughs>